Well, good morning. Hey, you are always welcome at Christ's Love Church. My name is Aaron, if I've not met you yet. And one of the things I want Easter to remind you of is that there is a church who's going to be here for you. And, and we want to be that church. We are here for you when you need us. And the reason we're here for you is because there's a God that is always there for you. God is always there for you. And we get to represent him just not, I'm not talking about leadership or a, a church name. I'm talking about the people of God together. We uh, get to represent the love of God to you. And so you're always welcome here. And with God's help, we're always going to be here for you. I want to talk to you today about the slow work of the resurrection. The slow work of the resurrection. We, we find out in the Bible that there are a lot of people who instantly believed in the resurrection. In fact, we, we read that scripture earlier during worship where this amazing occurrence happened. An angel showed up. And they said, he's not here. He is risen. And instantly, uh, the, the ladies that were there believed. Instantly, they believed that this miracle had happened. And that happened to other people in the Bible. But not everyone in the Bible believed in the resurrection instantaneously. It took some time. And I want to talk to some of you here today, some of you who are watching right now, who may be in process when it comes to how you feel about Jesus. And I want you to hear this today, that the Lord is waiting for you and he's okay that you're in process. And the fact that you're in process, he is watching over. He is watching over what is occurring in your life and his love is still there for you. So we're gonna talk about someone in the Bible named Thomas and Thomas, it took him a little while to believe in the resurrection. And I think that you'll find your story within Thomas's story. We're going to start in John chapter 20. We're going to read kind of a long passage of scripture. And it's our custom here. After we read the scripture, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord, because we're very, very aware that scripture is powerful. And if you choose to, you can join me and respond with thanks be to God, because we are thankful for his word. So this is John chapter 20. I hear some of you have your Bible. Some are finding it on the phone or you version, but it will also be on the screen for us. Starting with verse 19. When it was evening on the first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. Jesus came, stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. So the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas called twin, so I guess there's another guy out there who looks like Thomas, so in case you never realized that. One of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. 
But he said to them, if I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my fingers into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoor again and Thomas was with them. And even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands, reach out your hand and put them in my side. Don't be faithless, believe. And Thomas responded to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But they are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, I'm going to tell you four things about this passage. We're going to kind of break it down. And there are four statements that I think we can all relate to at some level. But for some of you, you're going to be like, oh yeah, this is me today. So here's the first statement. It's okay if you didn't encounter Jesus sooner. It's okay if you didn't encounter Jesus sooner. I talk to a lot of people. I've had the privilege of being a pastor a lot for a lot of years. And I talk to people sometimes when we have coffee or private conversations. And there can be this, if you want to call it insecurity, or there can be this um, sense of, of regret with people who, who think, oh, I should have. I should have given my life to Jesus earlier in life. Or people who have said, I had an opportunity earlier and I didn't take that opportunity. And, and I also believe that there is this sense of exclusion sometimes that's not really real, but it's something people feel. It, it reminded me of something that happened to me when I was younger. Actually, my first real job was as a youth pastor. And so I left Dallas and I came here to the Nashville area. And that particular summer, uh, my friends who were, we, they were in their early 20s, man, they had a great summer without me. And they did all kinds of fun stuff. I mean, one of, one of them, their little brother played for the Chicago Cubs. And so they were going to Cub, Cub games around the nation. They were water skiing. They were having a great time. Um, I was you know, taking kids to youth camp, which I was grateful for. I mean, it started my professional career and that was cool, but, but they, they're going to concerts. Uh, they're, they're just having this great time. Still to this day, I see that group of, of guys every few years. And still to this day, that they'll talk about stories and inside jokes from that one summer. And I just, I'm kind of on the outside when it comes to that. You know, a wrong response for me would have been, oh, those guys don't like me. They, they really didn't want me there. They, they didn't care. They're just saying those inside jokes and telling those stories to make me feel like an outsider. But we've all felt that before. So it makes me think about Easter service today. You're here on Easter service and there's some insider stuff happening here, right? I mean, there's like people are doing this thing right here, hands in the air. 
Um, now, I was doing that too. The Bible does say like 97 times to lift your hands and worship. So it's like a biblical good thing to do, but it's not a required thing to do. It's just something we can choose to do. But maybe you're here at church and you're thinking, I don't really wanna raise my hands today. And, and then church people get real emotional. We get emotional about Easter. And, and as we, we, we have reason to be emotional about it, but maybe on Easter, it, it doesn't feel emotional to you. And you're like, well, I believe in Jesus, but I'm here today. I've got my coffee. I'm ready to have this experience. But it's not like this deep emotional reaction to you. Uh, you know, per, perhaps that you see everybody with happy face, like, hello, we're at church and everybody's happy and you don't feel happy on this particular Sunday. Or, or maybe it's just a little odd to be at church and, and it feels a little awkward to you. Here's a wrong reaction at this point to say, oh, all those people, they, they had, they've known Jesus a lot longer than I have. They, they had their chance earlier. And to wrongly believe that somehow you are excluded or you're not part of this. I want you to hear this today. The fact that you're sitting in this room, the fact that you're watching the screen right now, God has chosen you to hear this message. God has chosen you to have this experience. And God is after you. He's after your heart. And you're not someone who is so late that you can't be a part. Thomas could have felt that way. Look again at verse 24. It says, Thomas, called twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. We, we have, that just happens sometimes. Sometimes people we grew up with, uh, they may experience Jesus quicker. They may, some people may have had parents who introduced them to Jesus and you didn't have parents who did that. Maybe, maybe it's your spouse who has given their life to Jesus and it happened before you. Just because it didn't happen to you sooner doesn't mean God loves you any less. He has set his love upon you. He has set his heart towards you. He has set his attention upon you. Here's the second statement. Second statement is this. It's okay if you reacted wrong. It's okay if you one, at one time, you reacted incorrectly to Jesus. Thomas did the same. We look at verse 25. Some of the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. We've seen the Lord. It's Easter. They didn't say that then, but they said, we've seen the Lord. He's alive. He's resurrected. Now, Thomas says something, and, and this can be interpreted different ways. You could actually interpret this as a very positive thing, uh, what you're about to read with me. He, he, he said, if I don't see the marks of the nails in his hands or put my fingers into the mark of his nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. So you could interpret this, and I've probably taught this before. That's a positive thing of like, I want the evidence before I believe. I'm not going to believe blindly. And so I can see that as a positive part of Thomas's personality and some of your personalities. But I want to also look at it from a different angle. Put that scripture back up for me, if you don't mind. Look, look at this when he said, I will never believe. We could also interpret this as, as this impulsive statement. Say, I, I wasn't there. I don't, I don't fit in. He didn't come to me first. I will never believe. And I just have a feeling, because I know myself, 
So, and I, I know humanity uh, because of being human myself that we say things we don't really mean sometimes. We say things that feel good in the moment, but over time, it just doesn't work out. I, I say these things a lot. Like I have said many times in my life, I'm done drinking Coke Zero. <laughs> that lasts about an hour, two hours, and I'm back. I've heard people say this, I'm never going to spend Christmas with them again. I mean, a lot of us have said things like that about our family. I'm never going to spend Christmas with them again, but as time goes on, those family bonds remain. Last fall, I said this like seven weeks in a row. I'm never going to watch the Tennessee Titans play football again, ever, ever again. And I was back punishing myself the next week. So I'm reading into Thomas being impulsive because it feels powerful here saying, if I don't, if I don't get the proof, I will never believe. And so for the purposes of this talk, we're going to say that's a negative reaction saying, I'll never believe. I know this as we journey in life, we have sometimes negative experiences with Christians. It's not with Jesus, but it's with Christians or with Christianity. And there's something inside of us that feels powerful to say, I'm never really going to believe. I'm never going to buy in. I'm never going to surrender. I'm never really going to be one of those type. I don't want to be that type of person. And so because we don't want to be like someone else, then we disregard Jesus who's after our hearts. These are things to consider this morning. It's a state, and and Jesus wants you to know that it's okay. It's okay if you've reacted incorrectly in the past. Sometimes I know I give sermons and and we're trying to to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to move in a service. And so we'll say stuff like, you've got to make that decision today. You've got to make that decision now. Jesus is knocking at the door of your hearts. And yes, that's true. He does move in particular moments. But then we could wrongly believe that if we somehow did not respond earlier, that we can't respond again. I, I want you to hear this this morning. The fact that you're part of this service, you're listening to this sermon, you're hearing this music, you're you're here together with somebody or you're trying this church out. This is part of God reaching out to you. It's not about our church. It's about the God of our church. It's about Jesus. He is after your heart. He is after your life and all of your carefully constructed rejections of Jesus are not powerful enough to push him back. He keeps going after your heart. That is mercy and that is grace. Here's the third statement I want to make. It's okay if you need extra time. It's okay if you need extra time to give your life to Jesus. Thomas needed some extra time. Look at verse 26. A week later, a week later, think about that. Now, Jesus was only on earth between his resurrection and ascension for 40 days. So seven of 40 days is a lot in that time frame. A week later, his disciples were indoor doors again, and Thomas was with them. And even though the doors were locked, 
Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here and look at my hands. Reach out your hands and put them into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. And Thomas responded to him. Here's one of the most beautiful sentences in the Bible. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Thomas said, now Jesus, you're my Lord and you're my God. And Jesus came to Thomas a week later and he said, he knew because he was God what Thomas had said. So he repeated what Thomas said back to him. He showed up to the community, but he reached out to the one. He showed up to the group, but he reached out specifically to Thomas. And he said, Thomas, here I am. Here's what you need. And then Thomas responded, my Lord and my God is no longer my family's God or my culture's God. It was no longer, Jesus was no longer a prop to build my business or to build my reputation. Jesus was not just somebody that got, got people off my back because, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Let me check it off on the census. He, he now said, my Lord and my God. It was a week later. Let me ask you this. What is your week? How long has it been for you that you've put off really knowing Jesus in a relational way as a friend, as someone who's part of your life? Has it been a decade now? Has it been a whole generation? Has it been a lifetime? And you keep rejecting Jesus. It's sometimes a sophisticated, subtle rejection. Not one that would cause you social isolation or cause people to look down on you. You'll, you'll give Jesus a nod here or there. But can you say like Thomas, my Lord, my God, not my spouse's God, Sumner County in North Nashville, my God and my Lord. And this is what Jesus wants you to know today. The only reason that it's okay that you need extra time and it's okay that it didn't happen sooner. And it's okay that, that the delay has come and you resisted an opportunity. Here's the only reason it's okay. And here's a fourth statement today. It's okay because the resurrected Jesus is here and is kind to you. I, I want you to hear this. You may not have been presented the kind God that we have. Our God's full of kindness and mercy. For if he, had not, if he was not full of kindness or mercy, I wouldn't be able to stand before him. But he is full of kindness and mercy. Let's close up this part of John 20. And Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's encouragement to us today. I mean, Jesus literally acknowledged that it was more difficult for people in 2023 to believe in Jesus than it was in, let's say, the year 33. It, it, it is more difficult, and that's helpful for me to hear that. It's, it's, that's why if you, you're in process, you're okay, because Jesus is still going to come after your heart. He even acknowledged that it's a little more difficult for people in the 21st century than it was in the first century. 
So Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But they are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. I want to tell you something. Religion, religion that is man-made is death. It just puts rules and obligations upon us that are like a burden upon us. But with Jesus, there is life. With Jesus, there is an infusion of his character and his love and his gifts to the world. And when you are able to say like Thomas, my Lord and my God, then you're no longer mimicking the religion you see. You're letting the life of Jesus uh, transform you from the inside out. He changes you. He doesn't change the way you look. He doesn't change necessarily your personality or your interests or your preferences. What he does is he changes your soul, the, the part that he can only touch. And that's all because of the mercy of God. I want to share two more scriptures with you. Titus chapter three, starting with verse three says, for we were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. That's a pretty bad list, isn't it? But when the kindness of God, our savior, and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. I want to invite the worship team to join me up front. And then our ushers, I want you to position yourself to distribute communion today. Um, most of you, likely you received a communion pack when you walked in the door. This self-contained little plastic pack, it has the bread, it has the cups. But as our worship team is getting in position, our ushers are going to walk down the aisle. And if you, if you want to take communion today, and everyone is welcome to take communion and did not receive those individual packets, uh, they'll be walking by you here in a couple of minutes, and you can just acknowledge that, and you can get that. They'll get that to you. Um, before we take communion, don't, if you don't mind, don't, have, don't take the bread or cup yet. Let's do that together. I'm going to lead us in a prayer together. So, so come on down, ushers, and y'all can begin to work your way through uh, the congregation and seeing who needs that. And we'll have a chance to work together. Um, the second scripture I want to share with you is this. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Hey, this is, this is the Lord's mercy on us and his kindness upon us. Some of us have disqualified ourselves. We've said, I'm not qualified. I'm not on the inside. I didn't learn about this early enough. You might think I had a chance earlier and I, I rejected that chance. And because of that, you have written yourself off. 
You have said, hey, I'm not like the people who lift their hands or the people with the happy face at church. I missed out on all of that. I'm here to tell you, you've not missed out on it because Jesus is here. The resurrected Jesus is alive today. Our Jesus is not a concept. Our Jesus is not only a historical figure. Our Jesus is not a myth. Our Jesus is not a coping mechanism. Our Jesus is a real person who is alive. He came out of the grave and he ascended to heaven. And he promised that someday he's coming back in a physical and visible way, not a metaphorical way, not in our imagination. He's coming back to right all the wrongs in this world. This world's gonna see what it's like when God's in charge, when righteousness rules and reigns, when sin is eradicated, when injustice no longer occurs, where death and disease doesn't have the final word. This is the future we have in Jesus. You haven't missed out. It's not too late. You haven't been forgotten. You haven't been passed over. The kindness of the Lord is here for you today. I want you to hear this today. I know that culture is celebrating Easter, and I'm so glad that you leaned into that to be by being part of this service today. But this is not about one weekend. This is not about one day. This is not about one service. This is about one life. It's your life, and it belongs to Jesus, and he's after your heart, and he's after your soul, and it's his kindness that is coming after you today. It's his love that's coming after you this day. We we talk about the cross because the reason there's a resurrection is because Jesus voluntarily, sovereignly gave his life on the cross. The cross wasn't an accident. It wasn't plan B. It wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't an audible or adjustment. The cross was preordained before humanity even walked this earth. Jesus, God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit knew that there was only one holy, one qualified, one sinless, one perfect who could be the substitute for us. Jesus paid the price for our sins so that we don't have to have the eternal consequence of separation from God. And because Jesus did for us what we can't do for ourselves, we celebrate his death and we celebrate the cross, not because that was the end, but because it was the beginning. We have Easter today. We have the resurrection today because there was a cross, but Jesus didn't stay on the cross and he didn't stay in the tomb. He proved on the third day that he was God. He had victory over death, hell, and the grave itself. And he is alive today and he has set his love upon you. So for the next few minutes, as our worship team ministers are going to sing about his death. They're going to sing about his sacrifice, but it's not in a mournful way like it's the end. It's the beginning. It's the entryway. It's the opportunity. It's the chance that we have. And I want you to think about your your position with Jesus, your position with God. I want you to meditate on that as, as they minister to you in song. And then just in a couple of minutes, I'll come back and we'll take communion together. We'll pray together. I'm going to pray for myself. I'm going to leave you in a prayer and we're all going to turn our hearts back to Jesus on this resurrection Sunday.